Hello, everybody. I'm Iman. And I'm Carla. And you're listening to Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture. In today's episode, we're back to tackle what is arguably one of the biggest television shows in popular culture today, possibly in the past decade. It's a show that continues to make headlines, a show featuring fantasy and adventure that we've ultimately grown to love. Carla, can you venture a guess as to what this show might be? I might have a guess or two. Hold on to your dragons and strap on your armor, guys, because we are about to share our thoughts on Game of Thrones. Woo! (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Seven seasons in, Game of Thrones truly is a show that needs no introduction, but for the sake of consistency and professionalism, let's give one anyway. Carla, you want to give it a shot? Sure! Game of Thrones, of course, is an HBO show based on a series of novels called A Song of Ice and Fire by American author George R.R. R. Martin. The series is primarily set in the fictional continent of Westeros, where the death of one king sparked a long-lasting war as multiple characters emerged to claim the throne. Meanwhile, an even bigger threat looms in the north as ancient and legendary creatures begin to emerge. The show premiered on HBO back in 2011, and after many years of shocking plot lines, critical acclaim, and even occasional controversy, we are currently close to the end of the seventh and penultimate season. Fabulous job on that. It is such a hard show to to distill into a paragraph, but you did a good job. As you mentioned, this show has stirred a little bit of controversy, and I want to start or preface our conversation with a necessary caveat. So while this show is adored by many, critiques of Game of Thrones are still widespread. It has its problems. Misogyny, white savior complexes, gratuitous violence, confusing plot lines. Yeah, I remember thinking the story was convoluted, and even character names seemed impossible to remember. Totally, they all sound the same. But the quality of the show itself did improve over time, and character story arcs started converging in ways that were really, really exciting. Agreed. So, some of the show is still, quote, problematic, as we like saying, but today, we're suspending disbelief, we're putting that to the side, and we are here to argue that Game of Thrones has earned its epic status, and that the incredible community fan experience surrounding this show in particular is one so worth engaging in. So before we talk about the broader community, let's start with a quick status report of where we are in our Game of Thrones obsession. I think it's safe to say we've become full-fledged fans. Yes, definitely. So in terms of my initial impressions, I'd say at its best, Game of Thrones reminds me of Lord of the Rings and even Harry Potter at times, which is why I'm surprised it took us this long for us to get into it. Game of Thrones has similar elements in terms of its expansive world building, its richly complex characters, intriguing villains, and yes, an occasional dragon or three. (laughs) Like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, we've even gone back and started reading the books. 
Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, what company? That is high praise. I'd add to that list the BBC shows Merlin and Robin Hood, also traditional Arthurian legends, basically any of the nerdy feudal fantasy that I'm into. Uh, (laughs) You mentioned that we are both reading the books, and I do think that's been a big indicator of how invested we've become in this show. Personally, I'm a few hundred pages into the first book, but you already finished it. What were your thoughts on the book itself? I have to say, the book experience for me so far has been really surprising in the best way. First, I was surprised by how easy they are to read. I don't know about you, but I'd always assumed the books to be really dense and borderline boring. Same. The first book is the shortest, and it's about 800 pages long. But despite the length, I was completely engaged the entire time I was reading it. And I loved getting to explore the world and all the characters in it. Second, I have been really surprised at how much of the book content is covered in the show. Now, I can only speak to the first book and the first season of the show, but season one starts and ends pretty much exactly where the first book starts and ends. So reading it after having watched the show sort of feels like I'm reading the books for a second time. And by knowing what's coming, it allows you to pick up on the incredible amount of foreshadowing this book has. It's insane. Seriously, we've been Snapchatting each other screenshots of the pages, just circling stuff (laughs) and going, this is such a spoiler, but it's just (laughs) foreshadowing. Yeah, I mean, it's Harry Potter levels of foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. What about you? How do you like the book so far? I completely agree with everything you just said. I think that the book is paced and written so well. It lends depth to the characters that we know and love from the show, but adds enough to the point where it feels worth reading. There's no Mm -hmm. comparison. And honestly, like you said, the book is just a lot more fun than I'd have expected. I did kind of go into it thinking, "Mm, this is going to be kind of dry fantasy, but it's been a riveting page turner and I definitely recommend it to any fan of the show. Oh, definitely. Okay, so clearly you and I have grown to become fans of the series. Let's talk about the broader show's fandom and how much that's impacted our shifting opinions of the show. Oftentimes, super fans of shows can get annoying Sherlock is an example that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. But Game of Thrones has offered a unique community more reminiscent of Lost in that it focuses more on knowledge and theories than blind teenage enthusiasm. The most noteworthy example of this, and one I know you owe your newfound love for Game of Thrones to, is the podcast Binge Mode. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? I want to talk about that for... Five. <laughs> so as we kind of mentioned at the top of the show, Game of Thrones wasn't a show that I was initially that into. It was something that you would have playing on in the background. I'd be washing dishes and just kind of say, well, just tell me what happened. But listening to this podcast binge mode has really helped me appreciate and just have more fun watching the show. 
Before I make an academic analysis of what binge mode has meant for me, let me describe what it is. So Game of Thrones superfans Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion, both employees of sports and pop culture website TheRinger.com, took it upon themselves to watch and recap every episode of Game of Thrones before the season 7 premiere. The podcast is fun. It's rife with character impersonations and often crass humor, (laughs) but above all, it's informative. Mal and Jason are both book readers, and they use their vast wealth of knowledge to supplement their analyses. Mm -hmm. End of recap. Okay, (laughs) now on to appreciation. Without getting too overwhelmed with my love for these two, I want to give them shouts for elevating my viewing experience. From one that was completely passive to one that is insanely active. Where before watching Game of Thrones and hearing people talk about it kind of felt like listening to people speak in a different language, Mallory and Jason gave us Games of Thronesian 101. (laughs) They gave us a dictionary to the language Game of Thrones history and lore was speaking, and therein they have made me appreciate the rich world building going on in the show and the books that they're based on. Yeah. I've tried listening to other Game of Thrones podcasts, and they're not great. The difference with Binge Mode is that they approach the show like scholars, but in a way that's never boring. Also, their pure enthusiasm for the show and its characters is truly infectious. Seriously. And on a side note, I definitely feel like they've raised my podcasting game and make me want to yell on our own podcast way more often. (laughs) Yes, as evidenced by our intro. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, Iman, we've spent plenty of time talking about what it's been like to get into this show. Listeners, if you haven't started it yet, we really hope we've convinced you to by now. But For now, in this episode of Screensaver, it's time for an obligatory spoiler warning because, Iman, it's time to talk about this current season, specifically what we're most looking forward to as Game of Thrones fans. Maybe we'll also include some mortal predictions for this season and maybe a fun Game of Thrones speed round? All sounds great. Let's go. All right. Well, here's a question for you. At this point in the series, with so few episodes left, I think the total count, including the eighth and final season, is eight episodes left. Oh gosh. (laughs) There are still so many loose ends. Whose storylines are you most excited to follow to the end? And I'm going to limit your response to two characters. Oh my goodness. Two is hard. Uh, Especially as you mentioned, there are are so few episodes left that it kind of feels like everyone's storylines are progressing at just this breakneck speed. So one character that you might be really curious about one episode can have his whole storyline resolved in the next episode. But um, all right, two characters. First up, I'm saying Jon Snow for sure. Mm, Good one. After last week's reveal of his potentially legitimate claim to the Targaryen throne, there is no denying that he is this show's hero. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to more scenes with him and dragons, but especially more scenes with him and Ghost, hopefully (laughs) his direwolf. All that being said, I am super concerned about him and that Suicide Squad's march beyond the wall, that super rushed plan is not great. 
Yeah, it's pretty dumb. He's going to survive, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm confident. <laughs> uh, second, this was a harder decision for me, but I'm going to have to go with Arya. Oh, good choice. Another youngin. I love Tyrion, and I would be tempted to offer his name, or even Sam's maybe, though he was an idiot in the last episode. Uh, <laughs> maybe Jamie's storyline would be fun to follow, or that big lady, Brienne. <laughs> but... Honestly, I think we've gotten a general indication of where where they're headed, where Arya has been and remains such a wild card that I'm I'm really curious to see what she's going to do in the rest of the season and what's going to happen with that list. Oh, me too. Speaking of wild cards though, this is Game of Thrones. No life is safe or sacred. So, Next question I want to pose to you is, who is on your short list of major characters that won't survive this season? Ooh, this season. Well, I feel like this list is constantly changing with each and every episode, but... So much has been happening. Exactly. But if I had to pick a couple of characters, for my first character, I'm actually going to go with Littlefinger. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I Why? Mean, I feel like with this last episode, I think it's episode number five mm-hmm. that we just saw, they kind of threw a monkey wrench in the whole situation. But leading up to it, Littlefinger kind of felt like a superfluous character who wasn't having as much impact on the overall game as he did in previous seasons. It seemed like he was a little off his game. They changed that a little bit with this latest episode with his recent manipulation of Arya, but I still feel like he is eventually going to meet his end, and I think it's going to have to be Arya that kills him. Interesting. And the reason I say that is because, yes, he might have tricked her in this most recent episode, but I still think she has enough tools in her toolbox to figure out what's going on. And she should be able to figure things out relatively quickly. And I think once she does, she can just put an end to him outright. I really like this prediction. Yeah, she spent way too much time with the faceless men to not be able to sense when things are amiss. Mm-hmm. Man, I want this to happen now. It would be really interesting. I think Littlefinger's grip on that chaos ladder is definitely loosening. Yes, and I think the fact that Bran was able to mad dog him a little bit and use his <laughs> own catchphrase against him yeah. kind of sent him in a bit of a shock. Yeah. So I feel like he's he's already on his heels. So in the next couple episodes, I could definitely see him falling off the ladder altogether. This is somewhat of an aside, but I have heard, um, I can't remember which Game of Thrones podcast it was that I was listening to that mentioned this, but they said Littlefinger is, magic is something that throws him off. Like he's Mm. really good at plotting and strategy, but when magic, like for instance, Bran's visions or I guess the whole threat of the Night King's army. Yeah, he doesn't seem like someone that's going to make it out. Yeah. Who's the second character on your shortlist? My second character is Bronn. And again, this is mostly due to things that have happened in the last few episodes. 
Braun as a character has repeatedly been saying he wants out of this entire war and all he wants is his castle and he's been repeating the fact that he hasn't been paid his debts as of late. This combined with the fact that Cersei knows what Braun did in order to bring Tyrion into the castle unseen and speak to Jaime in this last episode, that doesn't bode well for Braun, in my opinion. Yeah, making that mad queen matter is never a good idea. Right. I am going to forward a couple names myself really yeah. quickly. I'm really concerned about Jorah. And Jorah Mormont is a character that we barely saw come back in the last episode. Yeah. Finally got that reunion with Daenerys. And then for some reason was okay with just leaving her. Yeah. That felt both super out of character, but also very foreboding for his uh, for his character's lifespan. I kind of felt like it was his goodbye tour, so. Oh, God. I hope not. Only because I feel like why would the show spend time showing him recover from grayscale exactly yeah. in order to die you're in the right next couple episodes you're right maybe he and john will survive i don't know i'm concerned about everyone going out i don't want Tormund to die his, yeah. his hair is too good <laughs> and his beard i, I feel like beard. in general not many people have died this season at least of the major major characters who still have huge stakes in this game shout out to dickon poor guy <laughs> yes and lady olena <laughs> and lady olena went out in a blaze of savage fire <laughs> yeah most people i didn't include them in my list but most people in that suicide squad mission out beyond the wall i think will die i mm -hmm. hope the ones who don't die are the Hound, because we need to see him kill the mountain, and Jorah, because we he was just cured of his grayscale, yeah. and of course John. We'll see uh, what happens. But I definitely think the Lord of Light guys are... Men without banners. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. They've been a little too uh, foolhardy in there. We're all here for a reason, and everyone's just been, shut up, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think the next thing on our list was a speed round. Yes. I prepared a few questions that I'm really curious to hear your answers for. Okay. Are you ready for them? Yes. Okay. Number one, Iman, who is a character that everyone loves that you secretly hate? Ooh. All right, so I think in this last season, people's opinions on this character have somewhat shifted to be more in line with my hate, but I'm going to say Daenerys. Ooh. I have never really liked her. From episode one, I mean, I get it. <laughs> she's this pretty young woman with blonde hair, but she's just kind of gotten on my nerves from the very beginning. I think her character is kind of one note. I think she's been, uh, in the most recent season, especially uh, narrow-minded and very, like, self-righteous. Yeah, self and if she said bend the knee one more time, oh I my felt God. like I wanted Just to shut up. But I kind of, but personally, I feel like right now everyone's saying, like, oh, wow, she's going off the rails. I have seen her being this kind of selfish 
thinks she's better and more righteous than everyone else from the time she was burning the nobleman and yes. marine. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the critique we had for Rory Gilmore. Yes. And how we said we always kind of hated her. Yeah, she was all she always sucked. <laughs> so with Daenerys I'm kind of she was always kind of selfish. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if everyone ever loved her, but I've definitely been not so secretly hating her for a while now. Do you like book Danny? I'm I'm throwing this question and yeah. I know this isn't a speed round question. Do you like book Danny better than TV show Danny? Book Danny is 14, so I think I pardon things that she does in the book hmm, more more than I do in the show. Okay. It's, it's creepier, but getting some of her thought process is a little helpful instead of just the arched eyebrow that we get on TV. Yeah. All right, good answer. Question number two. What unlikely relationship are you rooting for? All right, definitely not Daenerys and Jon. <laughs> You've already made clear your yeah. opinion of Danny. <laughs> I don't know, people are shipping it and I'm not I'm not for it. So I'm going to go uh I'm going to go with one that has warmed my heart from the moment we saw hints of it. Tormund and Brienne. Oh my god. <laughs> I I think I I'm half joking in this, but I genuinely love how sincerely attracted to Brienne Tormund seems, <laughs> especially since Brienne doesn't seem like someone that's used to getting that sort of attention. It, it's just been fun watching her kind of uh squirm under it like kind of like what do I do with this because he hasn't been forceful or anything like he yeah. hasn't been disrespectful it's just kind of like oh <laughs> the big lady yes so it, it's been a fun kind of background thing that they haven't made this big drama and it's been fun to follow and it doesn't feel as heavy-handed as the hints we've seen toward Danny and John for example oh god yeah get out you guys are aunts and then everyone just hand waves it away by saying well br a brother and sister are together in this show that's wrong too yeah <laughs> all right moving on question number three who's the best free agent you'd want on your team Varys or Littlefinger Varys oh no hesitation no hesitation Littlefinger in the books I, you and I were just talking about this before recording Littlefinger only cares about Littlefinger mm -hmm. and though I think Varys you could make the argument he's a spider with all his little birds that might ultimately be self-interested as well at least he makes efforts to hide it and he does at least outwardly say he's doing everything for the realm so he might backstab you but he was ultimately born into different circumstances that might make him a little more magnanimous to the general populace mm -hmm. than Littlefinger, yeah. who was born into maybe not as well off. His parents owned, what, the smallest finger of the fingers. Yeah. Yeah, so he wasn't born into huge wealth, but he was born into a little more privilege, especially more privileged than Varys. So I... I don't know. I just like Varys. And I've especially liked watching his scenes with Tyrion mm -hmm. in this past season. Yeah. Okay. So to quote the mooch, Varys might backstab you, but Littlefinger will probably front stab you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> All right. And here's your last question. 
which I think is one of the funnest. Which pairing would make a better buddy cop series? Jamie and Brienne or Arya and the Hound? <laughs> I love this question. I'm gonna go with Jamie and Brienne purely nice. because I kind of think we saw the Arya and the Hound buddy cop series. Brienne just kind of has, they seem, Jamie and Brienne seem to have a really fun dynamic together where Brienne was just that straight laced, kind of uptight, everything by the books where Jamie knew exactly how to push her buttons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I want, I I really want this to happen. (laughs) Forget, forget Confederate. Let's just make this. Yeah, this is the better (laughs) show. All right. I have a few questions for you. All right. Hit me. First one's pretty simple. Which direwolf would you actually want as a pet? Ooh. Does it have to be living or can it be dead? Of any of the original direwolves. Okay. And I'm saying, would you actually want as a pet? Okay. Of the living ones, of course, I love Ghost. But I think it the book describes him different than the, than the TV show portrays yeah. him. He has those red eyes, which I don't <laughs> want to discriminate against a lovable albino, albino dog, but I think my favorite of the direwolves is definitely Summer, because Ooh. I feel like he had the sweetest personality and is protective, but is also very wise. Yeah, I think in the books, what you hear a lot more of is that the direwolves, their personalities are a lot like the characters that they their owners Mm -hmm. and so brand's summer is very thoughtful and a little less wily than a shaggy dog for instance yeah or (laughs) moody like yes yes nice all right stupid or death we've gotten a few stupid deaths in uh (laughs) in these past few seasons but um I, i came up with this question mostly because of the rhyming names but Dickon, who refused to bend the knee, or Rickon, who refused to run, run, in a zigzag. run in a zigzag when an archer was <laughs> aiming at him. Okay, I think I'm going to have to go with Dickon because he was older and he had a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. Rickon was a little kid, and when you're scared, I don't think you have the mental capacity to remember to run in zigzag. Aww. So I'll, I'll forgive Rickon for his his stupidity yeah (laughs) shouts to you for not saying a six-year-old is stupid although he's probably older in the show all right here's another one who is madder or badder right now daenerys or cersei Ooh, i like this question because arguments can be made for both of them i'd say badder right now is cersei because Mm. she I'm assuming is faking a pregnancy or maybe if she isn't, she's just using one to manipulate her her brother slash lover. In terms of matter, I feel like Danny is more of a wild card right now. So yeah. I don't know. My gut says Cersei, but we're kind of TBD on Danny right now too. Yeah, we'll have to see what the rest of the season brings. Lastly, I wanted to give a question that gives a a little production appreciation. Okay. Who do you think is the best actor on the show? 
Hmm. This question is interesting because I think if you think about it, a lot of the biggest characters aren't played by especially great actors. There is one big exception, and I'd say that's Tyrion. Mm, Peter Dinklage is so great. Peter Dinklage is by far the best actor of the major characters because his character is one of the most complex and difficult to play. Tyrion has to be witty. He has to be funny. He And he also has to show his vulnerabilities in his his own daddy complexes and the fact that he is a dwarf. So I think Peter Dinklage has found a way to combine all these these characteristics and pull them off amazingly. In general, I think the show's older actors tend to be better than the younger actors. Yeah, it's a challenge because so many are children. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if I had to choose other great actors I'd say the villains in general tend to be pretty great because they've produced some some characters that people have such visceral responses to so if I had to pick a second I'd also say Ewan Rayon as Ramsey is a pretty good actor only Mm. because everyone hated him so much Yeah, it's funny because we had seen him in a different show beforehand, so I had kind of latent uh, admiration for him. I thought he was cute and he's a good singer. Mm -hmm. And then when this show came out, it was just kind of like, whoa, mama. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, those are great answers. And I fun speed rounds. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing what will happen in these last few episodes, and I'm sure we'll be back to talk about next season when it's here. I'd love to. Well, that does it for this episode of Screensaver. For those of you listening out there, if you have any thoughts you want to share with us about Game of Thrones, if you want to share some love for for binge mode, (laughs) let us know. You can follow us on Twitter at ScreensaverPod and like our Facebook page, Screensaver Podcast. As always, you can find other episodes of Screensavers on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Ha <laughs> ha.